Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy hour. Okay, I'm going to try to... Oh, my God. Marsha Warfield is here in my house. In your basement. Okay. Okay, from... I know you know her from Night Court and... Whatever. Fuck, you know her from... (laughs) Say by the bell. I know her from being... My comedy uh, idol, my icon. You're you're only... I'm in my 50s. You're in my... You're in your 60s. But you were... You were the shit, and you still are. <laughs> well, it's nice to know. I've always wanted to be the shit. <laughs> Should I say shizzle? You think I swear too much on the happy hour. Uh, you know, I'm just... Marsha Warfield, you're... We had some controversy with Samantha B this week. I want, I'm trying to keep us on the air. Oh, we have, I, I, we have so much to talk about. I don't know where to start. Because <laughs> you are one of my comedy heroes. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Probably not. But it, it, for a lot of women, a whole generation of us, you were... Uh, a trailblazer, you were I, 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 ferocious, you were uh, all of this shit that's happening, <laughs> me too, all of it, the racism, is conversations we're having around Roseanne, you, you know, the, the, the dirty words from Samantha B. you were a trailblazer for all of that. Well, it's a good thing I didn't know that then. (laughs) (laughs) You were just funny, man. I was just, you know, making it up as I went along. I was doing what I thought it was supposed to be done. Yeah. Well, we're we're obviously taping this on a week when we find out that 70 times the amount of people died in Puerto Rico that we thought died. We found out that uh, the president is obstructing justice on a daily basis more than we ever thought ripping families and, apart the border right tearing infants away from their parents at the border who are not even illegal who are here asking for asylum and you samantha b said the c word yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh i'm sorry it's the happy hour I said cunt yes <laughs> and i mean what how when did we become the comedians or the problem in america i've and, always I, I saw that coming with with Trump uh, uh, being elected. I, I said, there, there's no more comedy 
you can't be funnier than the situation. The situation is so ridiculous that, you know, just saying it is the joke. Right. Funny in a way, but also horrifying and not funny. Well, it's horrifying and terrifying, and terrifying and sad, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's, isn't it? Like they keep saying comedians are reading the, leading the resistance, and yet we're all like, "This is not fucking funny." When this I is- talk about it on stage, I ask, are, "Do we have any Trump supporters?" And nobody ever says anything. As if it's the first president in history nobody voted for. You're just performing in the right places, apparently. <laughs> No, I'm in Vegas. Everybody shows up in Vegas. Yeah, you live in Vegas now. Yeah. So that's right. Everybody shows up in Vegas. That's I mean, right. so that's interesting. Would you, how, what, what would you say? What percentage of your act is political or anti-Trump, and what is not? And how? How? All what comedy react? is political, and all my comedy is anti-Trump. I mean, I'm just I'm a walking anti-Trump. You're a, you're a black gay woman. Yeah, the, yeah. There's just no way that I would be pro-Trump. You're just like anti-MAGA, <laughs> yeah. not MAGA. Yeah. When was America great? I'm scared to find out where they want to go back. To. What do they define as great? Yeah, you know, I, I keep going back into history and going, no, that wasn't, no, yes. that wasn't. No. No, that was pretty no. sucky, too. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucked, too. Um, okay, I don't, where do we want to start about uh, this week? Because, so, Samantha B makes a great point about us ripping infants away from their parents. Right. She uses... Whatever. Maybe she could have used a different word. Uh, you know, we just had Kathy Griffin on the happy hour, you know, three weeks ago. So she had a Halloween mask with ketchup. Is this the same as the President of the United States saying, grab him by the pussy and calling Sally Yates a cunt and... Uh, how, whole country, uh, mocking yeah. a disabled... Like, on and on, yeah. right? No, it's not the same, and it, 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 it's whataboutism, you know, that we uh, become... That's right. Uh, we've become more... The opinion is more important than the fact. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the fact is, it's how you feel about it. And so we've all broken into these little camps and debate how we feel about things when it has nothing to do with what the real truth is. And so yeah. we're just arguing about air. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, it's really I'm um, on I'm on social media. I love social media. I love I love yeah. Facebook. I'm retired. I was retired for a long time, and that's what old people do. Facebook. You know, Facebook is the 21st century version of sitting in the window yelling at people. So that's what I do. You know, and I no, yeah. I love that you kind you post every story and then you just yell at it, which is fantastic. Now, but, I argue with people about it because people say stupid things, and we let it pass. Yeah, You know, everybody lets it pass, but I don't. I ask them, why did you say that? Why is this? What the hell are you talking about? So, so can you explain to people why Samantha B calling another woman the C word as whatever you think of that word you can uh, say is it's different. A, cunt, right. A but feckless it, cunt. Thank you. Feckless cunt. She's not. <laughs> well, she's, the, she's more feckless than cunt in my opinion. But true. anyway, my point is, uh, Marsha, that... Uh, can you explain how that's different than calling a black woman an ape? Like, please stop on fucking social media with going, that wasn't racist, she looks like a... It's like, really, we're not having this conversation anymore, are we? Yeah, you, we are. You know it's a racial, <laughs> a racial insult or you wouldn't have used it. Right. Just like we know the reason why you call somebody uh, 
a cunt is because they're doing something so outrageous, so uh, terrible that there's nothing else to call them. Whereas you're talking about Valerie Jarrett, she hadn't done anything to anybody that deserves. Right. Everyone's like, how is she in the news? How the- <laughs> yeah, I mean. How do you just call the name? Valerie Boone? Randomly, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, how did they go after her? <laughs> so, right. And it's not the first time. No. You know, it, this Susan is a Rice. pretty regular thing. Uh, yeah. You know, What's your take on Roseanne? You must know her. I've only met Roseanne once. Uh, and that was like in 1978, 79. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't really know her. I follow her on social media. I follow uh, her her tweets. And uh, but uh, you by know, tweets she meant insanity. Yes, I don't really try to follow a lot of comedians. I mean, I follow them, but I don't pay a lot of attention to them because I don't want to sound like them. So I don't really watch other comedians. I'm kind of uh, George Miller. If yeah. you remember George yeah, Miller, yeah. he I love I used George. to have a great line. He said, I, I'm not going to mention any of the comedians coming up because I'm kind of wrapped up in my own career. <laughs> and so I just, uh, you know, I wish everybody well, but, you know, they have I mean, to own their own bullshit. Hold that thought, Night Court. <laughs> it's time for some more Cameron Hughes wine. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour Podcast, yes, brought to you by Cameron Hughes Wine. Travis, are you concerned the degree to which I'm enthusiastic about uh, this company. You've become like a pusher for it because like Marsha was not going to have any wine but you said, but it's Cameron Hughes wine. Right. And then you explained to her. Right. Oh, no, no. You should hear my private conversations with my friends. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a walking infomercial mm-hmm. because I, uh, I, I just, I never believed in anything like this. I didn't know such a thing existed. I was actually thinking about it. I'm tired of driving and parking and hauling uh, cases. Sean, do I buy that much at a time? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cameron Hughes Wine, let me explain what it is. It is wine sourced from uh, boutique and artisanal wineries from around the world, unbeatable quality and price. It is award-winning wines, and I'm telling you, half the price. Well, they've been doing this for 17 right. years. We've wasted 17 years of our lives. Thank you. That's what I want to do over. <laughs> Think about all the driving to the store we could have saved, Thank all the gas you. we could have saved for the last 17 years. Thank you. It's uh, Nobody delivers high-end boutique artisanal wines better than chwine.com. You've got to go check it out. It is. I thought it was a winery at first, and when I saw the wine, I'm like, there's no way wine at this price is going to be. You know me, I love my Chardonnays. Yes. They've got 13, 14, 15, 16 dollar bottles. I'm like, there's no way. I'm telling you, you can tell those are probably 30 or 40 dollar bottles. I have a friend he, who went to Somalia school. Right. I was telling her about this last week at the cabin, yeah. and she was like, I need to see this website. I need to look at it. And she was fascinated with Cameron when she went Hughes and is a guy. Yeah. He's your Somalier. He's been doing this for over 17 years. It is one of the most successful online wine retailers. Um, there, there's just a lot number on each one. And they give you great descriptions so that you know exactly what kind of wine it is. If you know, like, oh, I like a buttery Rumbauer type, you, you know. You can go there and search for what you're looking right. for, and they exactly. have it. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I am a uh, Pinot Noir and a Chardonnay girl, as you know. They mm-hmm. also have a great sparkling wine. They have a great rosé. I don't, I'm not a big red girl, but they have amazing cabs, from what I'm told. I'm going to try the red blend, because that's supposed to be amazing. Great wine, direct to you, finest wines, direct to your door. Cam stands behind every bottle of wine, guarantees you every one of them. Cameron Hughes Wine, exceptional value, extraordinary wine. Go to chwine.com, use the code Miller, you get 15% off, and free shipping. That's what you want, free shipping, so you don't have to drive to the store. That's the other reason I wasn't doing it online. I'm like, oh, I got to pay for shipping. No, just use the code Miller. Go to chwine.com. Use the code Miller. You get 15% off and free shipping with your minimum three bottle order today. Chwine.com. The code is Miller. And now back to the show. Right, but 
I mean, Marsha, in the week that, you know, Samantha B. saying cunt is the worst thing that's ever happened. We find out the death toll in, you know, Puerto Rico is 70 times, whatever. We find out he's committing treason again out in the open. We find out, you know, I mean, on and on and on. And that he's, I mean, how many T-shirts did you say at Trump rallies, Hillary's a cunt? Like, you're like, I mean... He's called Sally Yates a cunt. Like you're just like he's lowered Bleeding the bar from so far. The from wherever, but where? Yes. From wherever. I know comedians saying dirty words is a shock to you, but <laughs> yeah. But really, he's lowered the bar so far that you're like, how do you go? Oh, this is. I. I mean, it's selective outrage. But we've known these things. We knew uh, that people were dying in Puerto Rico when he was tossing uh, paper uh, towels, paper towels at people. Yeah. That's what made it. Well, it was outrageous. How many? Anyway. How many uh, casualties did he cause with head injuries? Who knows? Yeah, but we knew that then. Yeah. So yeah. it's like we uh, we know the truth and we report it, and then he goes, "Yeah, but what about uh, peanut butter?" You know, and then everybody goes, "Yeah, what about peanut right. butter?" And uh, but I don't even Who? like peanut butter. Right? Uh, Who? What? <laughs> and we get all caught up in that, and you know, the people are, are still dead. You know, and it's it's. Uh, it's, we, we follow so, up all for the baby. I, here's the weird thing, too. So we're taping this on June 1st. This is Pride Month starting. Travis, what did I say to you? I was like, oh, I didn't know Marshall Warfield was gay. <laughs> like, I didn't, honestly, because I just, I just loved you as a comedian. And you, I didn't realize you didn't come out till last year. And I know people are like, what? A female comedian is what? Really? Shock, surprise. But I, I did not. I didn't actually know. Well, I, just, I, I didn't know. I felt like you were out before that, though. <laughs> no, I was out. You know, the people come out in stages. Yeah. yeah. No. You yeah. know. And so what I year was, did I? Did we Google what year I came out? August thirteenth, two thousand ten. Thank you. I came out in in to family and friends and that whole thing and and me and, too. Uh, but I didn't know I was gay until I was in my twenties. Yeah. No, uh, me neither. I nobody guess, yeah. talked about that stuff. I was born. Uh, I say I like to say on stage I'm the same age as Oprah Winfrey. We were born in the year of Brown versus the Board of Education, so nobody talked about those things. Yeah. They just called you different. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I was different, which means they knew, and they could have saved me a lot of trouble if they had just told me, but they didn't. Right, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I, wow, we actually have a lot in common in that sense. That you know, even though I know you talk a lot about how different it is in the black culture and i know it is but i the same thing i i thought oh i don't want to do this to my mom not your mom specifically asked you don't do this to while i'm still alive my mom didn't know and i just thought oh, i don't want to put her through this while she's still alive and my mom my, and my mom is now 95 and still with us yeah you'd have been waiting <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no mom you know she's just a friend but you're right. I got tired at a certain age of, you know, Having editing pronouns and where I am for a holiday. And <laughs> right, yeah. But so, what? Tell us about yours, because you talk about that. That caused some deep pain. That she said, "Wait until I'm gone," and so that that obviously imparted shame to you in some way. Yeah, but at the time, given the climate, you know, this was before. Don't ask, don't tell. This was before. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was any kind of way okay. So given the climate, it wasn't all that unreasonable a request. It was. It wasn't until later, you know, when you realized that oh, that was really a lot to, you know, yeah, uh, insult to add to the injury. But 
uh, at the time, it was like, okay, you know, no big deal. I'm just... Yeah. But that was the case even well into the 90s. I, I came out in 1996 to my mom. I was 21. And she, her first reaction was, who knows? Right. Does any of the family know? And I remember like how I, the way I had to tell my cousin was, my dad was dying of cancer. And she's like, aren't you sad that your dad's not going to see you get married? I'm like, Renee, I'm gay. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, he I, might see me get married, depending on how the Supreme Court goes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. This is nine, that was, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was 2006. Yeah. That was pretty. I don't know. My mom was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I spent so long. Marsha, your experience probably is different, but, you know, judging how they were you know worrying about how they were going to judge me that i judge them i'm like oh they're republican they're catholic they're gonna and my mom i was crying and my mom burst into tears too she's like oh steffi you know and then she was just like oh you're so pretty aren't you attracted to men <laughs> oh i got that all the time is like, don't you want to look nice you know, don't you want to look nice take off the jeans put on a dress it was a stocking. Oh, my mom, like, oh, why can't you, why do you work so blue? Thing. Why can't you be more like that Rita Rudner? She wears a dress and she doesn't <laughs> you want to fix your hair. <laughs> did you ever get it was a phase? Hmm? Did, you, did they ever say was it is a phase? No, because they knew. <laughs> they knew. I mean, it's like they tried to deprogram. It's like I talk about uh, there used to be a thing about left-handedness. Yeah. And you didn't, yeah, you didn't right. want to raise a left-handed child. And so you would hold their arms down and make them use their right hand. And they did the same thing to gay kids. Yeah. They were like, that you was the saw early that. You therapy. saw your child right. was gay before they knew what sex was. And you tried to put them into a box they didn't fit in. And it was a whole programming yeah. thing that they did yeah. because they thought that was good parenting. Well, I got to say, I saw you in a sketch. Was it the Richard Pryor show? You have such an amazing history, but there was a um, food foreplay sketch where you and Richard Pryor are eating at a fancy restaurant at different times. Right. And you just start eating food increasingly more seductively. <laughs> that was the first sketch. <laughs> Google it, you guys, seriously. I did. Um, that was the first sketch of the night. We taped, uh, you know, all yeah. the sketches. That yeah. was the first sketch. The curtains came up on the show, and we're sitting there. We had not rehearsed it. He got married that day, didn't tell anybody, showed up late. Uh, uh, we just said, well, we we're just going to do this. I had never done anything like that before. I was, I was scared fantastic. to death. I had no clue. I, I worried every, I worried my mother. I was like, Ma, how do I do this? And she said, oh, you'll be fine. And it just worked. We did one take. And oh, my one God, really? Pickup. It was Okay, by the time you got to the corner of the cob... That's just what fucking epic, man. Because I buttered the corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be helpful, I would think. Yeah, I, I buttered the corn. You know, I, I, they had butter in a dish, and I took it with my fingers, <laughs> yes, and I yes. buttered the yeah. corn. <laughs> and I love him just staring at you, just like sucking in spaghetti, just like. <laughs> he, he said after that he had been blessed with the longest string of, uh, a strand of spaghetti in history. And by the way, uh, I hope, you know, you're we're post me too cuz nice tits in that sketch. <laughs> Marsha. <laughs> now they're, they're No, they're, it's neither still they nice. They look at the, my shoes. No, no. They're fantastic. <laughs> Dude, they they, they talk to me, they, you know, we're sorry, Marsha. We we can't stand up anymore. We they're just winking at your shoes. We can't we're, do it anymore. Those are nice oh. shoes though. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so anyway, I have so much to talk to you about. Bill Cosby Richard Pryor, but Richard Pryor, 
let's talk it let's focus on that for a second because um you obviously like that's a lot to be you were you worked with this comedy legend you know i mean just that sketch alone if people google it right. you were his comedy equal I mean, you guys were going toe-to-toe, man. I mean... I was a rookie. It was, I got to town in 1976. I started comedy in 1974. Uh, the show was in 1977. And so I had done a couple yeah. of little things, but I had not done anything I, I was at scale. awestruck by you. I, you know, I... I was I, awestruck by Richard. I mean, I, I just... Right. To be in All the, of us. In orbit was enough yeah. for me. And so to actually be able to work with him was like, you know trying to entertain god you just yeah. how do you do that yeah. <laughs> what was he like he was rather shy was he yeah he was very quiet and shy uh until it was time to go on stage and he was always polite uh, except when he scratched my palm and uh, <laughs> i had no idea what that meant i was 23 years old i had no idea what that meant i had to ask a friend he scratched my palm and they had to explain it to me Oh, that was like supposed to be right when a guy shook your hand. I remember this. Yeah. No, it this was, is our era. A guy shook your hand and then he went like that. It was like a give mm-hmm. me some. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Gay guys still do that. <laughs> I know, but I, I haven't heard that in years. Wait a minute. So, um, let's talk about <laughs> Bill Cosby because this is speaking of comedy icons. Um, you've talked about being ashamed of not sharing sooner about Bill Cosby. You talk about being conflicted over him, not only because you looked up to him, as a lot of young comedians did, of course, um, but but because you had first-hand knowledge of his predilection for spiking drinks. So talk about that your first PR guy was his first PR guy, and what happened? Well, I don't know if it was his first PR guy. I I was like one of the people on the roster, and... um, and they told me Cosby wanted a meeting, which was cool because he had done my talk show. Yeah. And uh, Wait, when was the Marsha Warfield show? I don't know. Was it a late I, night show? No, it was a daytime. Oh, okay, While because my to... late night show uh, blew up in 95. But you're... <laughs> you're... <laughs> no, I was, I was uh, in, in the era of everybody gets a talk show. Everybody, and you Oprah get a talk show, and you, get a, you t- get a talk show. Right? <laughs> no, I got, one, I got yeah, one, too. I got one, too. Okay, had, all right, go ahead. Yeah, I had mine, but mine was a minute. Yeah, I remember about okay. as long as the magic hour, and uh, so I'd, I, uh, <laughs> uh, but I had a daytime talk show, and I I just wanted to have fun, and that was a foreign concept for daytime. Uh, they wanted you know cooking. <laughs> Can I just and, say I don't know why I have a random thought about Arsenio Hotel because Arsenio was very sweet to me because I got my late night show on his old stage with all his own staff, and they just hoped people wouldn't notice it was a little white lady instead of him. That was what Disney was hoping, but anyway, um. I remember he. I probably shouldn't say this, but he was talking about the Keenan show because of all the shows, Magic, and then Keenan got a show. And he goes, "The thing everybody said about a living color is like the only bad part is when the guy gets talks in the beginning." <laughs> <laughs> and they gave that guy a show. All right. Anyway, so Magic, fantastic. But anyway, go ahead. Go you know, ahead and what? The guy's what a basketball player. Okay. So wait, but so you were talking about Bill Cosby. Wait, you had the same. PR guy. Yeah. And they said okay. uh, he wants to meet you. And, and then he said, and then he throws in, in uh, just don't drink anything. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? Uh, no, uh, you're not his type. But uh, even if he offers you something, you know, don't drink. He likes to, you know, uh, give women drinks. And, and that way they'll never come back on him. 
That's, I mean, I got to say, this is pretty eerie, what you were quoted as saying. He went on to say, Cos did it protect himself and his image because a drugged woman wouldn't remember, and if she did, no one would believe her. Holy shit. I was, I was, couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I'm like, you should never tell anyone this, ever. Don't ever say that again. That's horrible. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, ha, ha, hell. That's a horrible thing. And... I kind of just filed it away because it's it's information. First of all, it's secondhand, thirdhand, and it's something I I can't do anything about. But right. I don't want to know this. You know, I don't. Why, why did you tell me this? Do you know, it wasn't. You, I love uh, this part. He reassured me he's been doing it for years. Everyone knew it, and again, it was no big deal. And so, you took the meeting with Cosby, declined drinks. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to do that most often. <laughs> Listen, I feel happy that I got you to have a little Chardonnay. You had to twist her arm to get that. It's Cameron kind of woozy. No, I, no I'm just <laughs> I think she went for it because he gave her the tr- because Trump drinking glass. I know. I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm going to scratch it out and write, no, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but so what happened with your meeting with Cosby? So you he offered a Nothing. drink. I couldn't like, understand yeah. why I had this meeting. It was pretty pointless. It was just, you know, random talking and I, stuff we had already talked about on the air. And uh, then he said, well, okay, and I left. And that was that. All right, if you're not going to let me put a pill in the people, I'm just going <laughs> to let you go. Ah. So I, I, didn't, I didn't pay any I hope attention. you enjoyed it. I did. I, I, mm-hmm. I was right back in that office. I thought that was Fred uh, Sanford. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's close enough. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you said you were quoted saying, I'm ashamed I didn't speak out. I'm ashamed my desire to protect another black person from unfair persecution in society that's all too al- often happy to persecute and kill them without consideration of innocence or guilt was misguided, misplaced, and misapplied. Um, this little bit of gossip weighs so heavily on my heart and conscience. I think that's so um, well said. When we look at, like I say, you look at this whole NFL player thing, you're like, how many videos have we seen just, how many have you seen just this week of black people being unfairly targeted, punched, shot? He just got out of jail because the DNA proved that he didn't do it. He's been in there 27 years, 12 years, 40 years, whatever. Uh, The Emmett Till Yep. Uh, reality, I went to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and the, they have a big Emmett Till uh, exhibit. And those things uh, weigh on your mind, you know. It's like uh, we don't want to unfairly accuse someone, but then uh, there's this rumor that you know about, but I don't have any other Corroboration. I don't have any. I don't know what right. to do with it. I don't, right. you know, and I don't want to be the one who says, "Yeah, but there's this rumor." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And you talked about this with uh, Morgan Freeman. Um, you said all victims of sexual assault and harassment deserve to be heard. Freeman said, and we need to listen to them. But it's not right to equate horrific incidents. I've said the same thing with my friend Al Franken. That. I don't know the whole reality, Marsha, because you're right. Like, you and I are... But I know him. He's kind of a choir boy. Like, I think he took a goofy, stupid picture, and he took it. It's not the same thing. 
as well, Donald Trump to being accused of a sexual assault by 19 that women. sexual assault, rape, and harassment are different things. Right. So that what might rise to the level of harassment, no, it's not rape. Right. And no, it shouldn't be equated with rape. But it is harassment. You know, uh, the pubic hair on my Coke can. Hello. You know, that's about all you need. And so maybe, you know, grabbing somebody's Pussy. boob while they're asleep. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, no, exactly. I mean, but the other thing is, we're both comedians. I don't know if you've done USO tours, but I'm going. He was like, "Well, look, I'm looking, I'm grabbing her tits." Like, it, yeah, but if I grabbed your tits as a joke, I meant to grab your tits. Well, and I would, <laughs> and I would want it. Can yeah. I just say? Let me just go on record as saying I would want it, Travis. Yeah, well, so the so basically, because she's Marsha Warfield, let's comedy legend, in, in, who informed, I worship. Informed consent. How many glasses have you had? Just like uh, uh, just a couple. And okay. I, also, I didn't know until today. <laughs> but she I didn't. Was pull she was gay, and so uh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, and you're in town <laughs> to pay tribute to. Uh, oh, sorry, I can't turn off my box. My favorite song. <laughs> Have you heard Al Green's version? Al Green's version is just the bomb. What? Sure, <laughs> I'm find just, it. Find it for Marsha and I. Al Green's version of what? Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's do it. That's good. What, we're going to close to that. And there could be some, uh, you know, overclosed touching. If you find there could it, be let some, me know. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, there could be some shit that happens at the end of this happy hour that hasn't happened. All right, so you're in town because you live in Vegas. You're in town for um, the, the, the night court tribute to Harry Anderson, who, um, God damn, like, I I got to say, like, I've had uh, Amy Yazbek was on my show and John Ritter uh, was on uh, I've Got a Secret. And when these, not just Hollywood legends, but really incredibly nice, kind Hollywood legends die unexpectedly young, it is traumatic, and when they say, "Oh, you were like a family in night court," you know, you were, weren't you? I mean, well, yeah, and I was, well, you know, the the long lost cousin. I came in, uh, in fact, after the first two bailiffs passed away. So, wait, Travis told me the story. Yeah, okay, about just tell it. Well, no, they they had, I, I, I'm blanking on their names right now. Selma uh, Diamond and uh, Flo Hallett. But they Hallett. they both died of lung cancer. Yeah, they, they, well, the first one, Selma was the first. Selma died. Selma did the first uh, year and a half. Night Court was picked up at midseason. Yeah, and so she did the first year and a half. Then Flo replaced her, and died on hiatus. But both of them were for lung lung cancer. And smoking. Both of them were sixty four. Yeah, so they had to go. They had to go against the grain when they hired a new bailiff. And they were like, they we need someone me. younger that does not smoke and half their age. And I did smoke, and I quit. Yeah. <laughs> You used to smoke on stage. I loved it. I mean, not just just your whole persona. And I was thinking about how the whole because I didn't know. Like I dated guys too when I was younger, and a lot of my earlier material too was about guys because I dated guys. But I remember you. What was your great joke about? You know, you're like they say. You know, puff. <laughs> you know, they say that women like to look at a man's eyes. I I'm like. That I have eyes. I have eyes. Oh my god, that was the most elegant dick joke ever. Because then it took the audience a second to go, "Oh, she's talking about she doesn't have a dick." She has eyes. Yeah, what does she not have that he has? Hmm. <laughs> but I mean, but that you know, I I assume that part at that point was authentic for you that you dated guys when you were younger. And, right. Yeah. I did. When I did was you, married. When, I got married when I was eighteen. For how long? Until I was nineteen. 
<laughs> Figure that out. So quicker. when did you realize you were gay? Uh, not until I moved to Los Angeles. Ah, in? In uh, 1976, and uh, maybe 1977, I met her. Oh. Yeah, her. Is there her now? Uh, no, there's no her now. I well, don't know me. where the old lady gay bars are. So me neither. I, me neither. There's no her now. There was a her. Yeah, I'm looking for her. Oh, me too. Yes, All right. Let's her. go cruising together. Hey. Hey, let's be each other's wingman. Girl, something. I am the worst butch in the world. I am. I, I am. I just, I'm not. I'm not. I, don't I know. only like the really pretty lesbian yeah. lipstick one. It's horrible. No, I'm okay. I, that's I'm why I always I always get the straight ones. It's I don't know. I fine. you know stud this. I, I, I'm a fem stud. I'm a fud. I'm a fud. What, what I, does that like, mean? What are you know. looking for? I'm looking. I like fem women. Oh, me too. Oh but my I god, like we're going to be competing. Yeah, I like fem women though who can like uh, drive a truck. You know, I, I, it's kind of weird. No, I get it. It's hot. <laughs> Wait, are so. Wait, I assume you have an Emmy. Do you not? You probably should. No, I don't. All right, because we're going to be competing I don't for the Femmes, and then I, she's going to be like, I'm Marshall Warfield. I have a fucking Emmy for it. And I'll be like, I work in my basement. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say you were competing for the Femmies. Yes, we are competing for the Femmies. I know, she I just created a new award show. Yeah. The Femmies. The Femmies. Yeah. It's a new award show. Hey, that would be cool. Let's start that. So the you, Lesbian Award Show. The, the Femmies. Ellen wins every freaking year. All right, so wait, you're out here for uh, Harry Anderson's. Uh, what? Wait, what did? I'm so sorry. What did he die of? I don't. He's know. not very old. No, he's uh, he old. wasn't. Harry was. Harry and I were the two youngest castmates. Yeah. So for him to to be gone is uh, it hit me harder than I, I knew. I mean, I I meant to just talk about it on a Facebook Live. I know you said, thing, "Oh no," and I ended like, up in oh, tears. Man. Like right away, I had no clue that was going to happen. It just yeah. Yeah, you were like, oh, rest in peace, Harry the Hat. You were my friend. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite. One of my favorite characters in TV history was Harry the Hat. I knew him as Harry the Hat before I met him, and I thought that was the greatest lovable rogue character ever. I mean, he was just—I look forward to seeing him on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it was—he died of a stroke. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for bringing us down, Travis. You asked. That's um, okay. He died Whatever. of not Producing anymore. is just buzz That's killing. That's all it is. Um, you're from uh, Chicago, which I live. I lived in Chicago. Chicago. I've lived in Chicago. In South Chicago. Side. South Side. Yeah. yeah. There's a two different accents, you know. Chicago. That's Pulaski. I North, lived, I lived up Pulaski. North Side. Because I'm, I'm, I'm half like Polak. Chicago. You know, Chicago. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um We've often noticed that uh, Oak Park has uh, no parking, which is weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I lived in uh, Chicago for uh, you know, only for a year and a half. I did a morning drive on WCKG, everybody, and I lived off Pulaski. But you are uh, a proud Chicago native. Yeah, um, I was what? just there in February. I brought the blizzard to town. <laughs> I, they hadn't I had Buffalo. a blizzard all winter. The week I was there, it snowed and stopped traffic. It was just awful so you know, i don't um, think they're going to so ask me back siblings what's your whole deal with uh chicago i mean because you know you're so your mom has passed i take it yes yeah my mom's 95 still with us yeah, my mom died early she was uh 56 oh wow wow Breast how cancer. long ago uh 1995 okay that's but when so, uh, but you i crashed about, and burned so wait you talked about you said 
when I told my mom I was gay, she said she knew. She'd known all my life. Then she asked me not to come out publicly while she was alive. I agreed, even though her request and her admission was hurtful in ways I couldn't put my finger on. And then probably haven't completely worked through now, but everybody who knew me knew I was gay. People I didn't tell knew anyway tacitly agreed to pretend that the unacknowledged had been acknowledged and accepted, like I'm sure is true for millions of other people. Right. In the gay, the glass door for closet people. Closet with the glass door. The We're glass in the closet door. with the glass There's door. The glass yeah. door. Yeah, the cat, that cat's been out of that uh, invisible right. bag. You said I never tried to hide who I was, um, so it was an open secret, um, but it wasn't a secret. It was an uncomfortably kept promise to my mom. It, it, it was not the only reason I didn't come out swinging when she passed. The fear of the judgment of strangers and their holier-than-thou shoulds was at least as big a burden to bear. But the shoulds and the should don't matter. Nobody should have to hide their sexuality. No parent should ask their child to. There should be no shame in being gay. And how fantastic that we're taping this on June 1st, beginning of June, Gay Pride Month. Yay! Right? So what... You're here a week what? early, by the way. You could find a lesbian next week at Gay Pride here in L.A. Yeah, well, you know, maybe I can get some stragglers. <laughs> well, some early, arri- stragglers. early arrivals. Yeah, early, yeah. But so, um, so when your mom passed, you that's what you're saying. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, i got to come out right away. I mean, because we all have a different time frame. And if we all judge each other, no one will ever fucking come out anymore. Well, if you feel you like... Know, we still have a don't ask, don't tell mentality. We still live in a society... That says it's okay, but then as soon as you say something, people go, "Well, why do you have to mention it? Why do you have to? Why do you like they don't announce their heterosexuality every day? Uh, but uh, they, why do you have to say anything? Oh, why can't I, I say it? To, because um, you assume things about me." But I talked to Arsenio Hall about this, about you know, it, it, particularly in the black community, and you talked about Patty Lapel. Patty LaBelle saying um, Luther Vandross was gay in the black communities tried and true and blaze of don't ask don't tell you said I ain't mad at Patty LaBelle I'm mad at the people who are um, she said Vandross didn't come out in deference to his mother right. and his female fans um, and then some celebrities like Wendy Williams and others criticized you know Patty because she outed him um, you said her words were obviously tempered with love and obvious affection for her best, best friend. She said being closeted was hard for him. Um, and you said the military doesn't have shit on us when it comes to don't ask, don't tell. We know, but we act like we don't know. And you were talking about specifically the black community. Yeah, but, but it's a, it, you know, the black community is a microcosm in, in a lot of ways in this kind of story. We, it's bigger than, than us, but especially in the in the black community we we uh you know it's in some ways very conservative with the yeah, christian church stuff. church thing then people are conflicted you know we all have family members we all and then people just feel more comfortable with their you know l- quiet lives well yeah it's just but, you know but don't aunt, you think don't aunt, you think aunt theodosia just has a lot of lady friends we have a lot of Play on tease. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you feel like, Marsha, I've been thinking this more and more lately, that hey, Christians got to take their fucking religion back before we can take this country back because they polled like evangelicals and they are the people least likely to believe in letting refugees in. And you're like, that is the most antithetical to what Jesus actually said. Well, you know, I used to be uh, an avowed Christian woman, and then I read the Bible and went, 
that's enough of that. And so uh, I, I don't do that anymore, and I don't understand people yeah. who, uh, use, who cherry pick. You know, right. you could right. take any book. Right. You could take, you know, uh, Live and Let Die or whatever right. and pick out a line here and there and come up with some really deep, you know, meaningful stuff. But it wouldn't have anything to do with the whole book. When you read the whole book, all those different little passages you'd like to quote have a whole different meaning. And maybe you need to just start at the beginning and take it all the way through and see how you feel well, about you, it. Yeah, I love what, you know, some of these great stories, and you just tweet about all of them. U.S. lost track of 1,500 immigrant children, but says it's not legally responsible. You just tweeted, what kind of people think this is okay? Um, Did you read the responses? Those are great people. Who, yeah, yeah. They told told us who who has those kind I of I stay out of the comments section. That's, <laughs> oh, you just yeah. avoid the comments yeah. section at all costs. Um, Roseanne Barr attacks cast members on Twitter after following cancellation. You just said, guess the Ambien wore off. Um, <laughs> you're just like, your stuff is always just so like, targeted. Um, this one, these 14 women were brutally attacked for rejecting men. Why aren't we talking about it? You said, I'm all out of patience with the why didn't she just victim-blaming apologist. She didn't just because women who just have been beaten and killed. A young girl recently just told a boy no, so he killed her and shot up the school. Um, yeah, this is right. That there are people actually going, why didn't she just fuck him? You're like, or why really? did she wait 20 years? Because 20 years ago... She would have been re-victimized even worse than you're doing now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 20 years ago, it was not a big deal. It, 20 years ago, there were no women in charge. You know, they didn't start paying attention to domestic violence until women started uh, being allowed to be on the police force. Yeah. And so when they would send guys, they would just tell the guy to go walk around the block and then go yeah. home. But when women started going out to these domestic violence calls, they would take the men aside and then talk to the women. And they had a different idea about how these things should be prosecuted. And yeah. so they started doing more investigation and it became a thing. So when you have women in positions, just like when you have a black woman head in ABC, then when somebody says something reprehensible, there are consequences that there might not have been had there not been a woman doesn't who that, was black. Absolutely, Marsh. Doesn't that give you hope? Doesn't that fucking like make you think, shit, like maybe between what you saw with Cosby, like no one will ever say anything and he's Bill Cosby and no one, and there's this whole Me Too movement and there's this whole, like, um, I, I actually do believe in this, that we're going to, like, I think we're going to overcome all this. Don't you? I mean, I feel I think like women are making a difference. I think the the ERA uh, being passed in Illinois uh, is more than symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. I think women are making a difference. And, and all of this is, is female driven. All of this, this Harvey Weinstein, the Bill Cosby, it's all female driven. It's yeah. because women have now attained positions where their voices can be heard. They have Marshall Warfield then themselves <laughs> you were this before this was a thing i gotta say you were such an inspiration to me and to so many women to black people to gay people like i didn't even and i you're right like i didn't even know i was gay then but you were just this fierce outspoken funny profane black woman that was just 
putting it out there back. I mean, the seventies, right? I mean, in the back in, then, it was the uh, Elaine Boozler. Yes, and I my were other hero. pretty yeah. much the only ones female stand-up monologist. Mm-hmm. Grab the mm-hmm. mic and just took yes. it and did our thing. She's and done this so happy hour. Everybody yes, else yes. said, you know, you got balls. So that was the standard. And I'm like, no, I got eggs and my eggs and tits. Are, yeah. You know, I put no, my I eggs and tits up you against were. your balls any day. <laughs> well, no, not really, but you know what I mean. I mean, I follow <laughs> you on Twitter. You're just like when Trump said at a Nashville rally, Trump asked attendees to raise their hands, asked if they're infiltrating our campaign. You tweeted, we have a mental health crisis in this country. <laughs> when, you know, Don Lemon said, this is a much, much bigger than Roseanne's tweet. This is about the normalization of racism across this country. You said, when has racism not been normal in this country? You further tweeted, even if we got rid of all the racists, we still have work to do to eliminate racism because they put self-perpetuating systems in place to protect it generations ago. And most people don't see anything wrong with that. If you're comfortable in your little enclave with its people who look like you, you're one of those people. And that's what we need to hear right now. How, you know, because everyone's like, oh, it's Obama. I thought we were post-racial. And you're like, no. You know, we have to scare them back into their fucking hidey Haiti holes these racists we have to this is why abc's is a great thing to go no you know what that's not okay roseanne no i talk about how in the in the north which is every place that's not the south and the south is every place that's not a city uh they didn't have jim crow but they had a kind of gentler kind of uh thing it was more like james crow the uh north Jim Crow's yeah. northern cousin. Yeah. So they were different. The only difference was they didn't put up signs. You know, you just had to know <laughs> that you weren't allowed to do things. Yeah. And so it's uh, it. The point is to try to get people to understand that it's not just them. It's everybody. It's all, it's of, all us, of us. Yeah. You know? and, and I have a I'm, problem with pointing out racist. Let's point out racism because pointing out racism. You could just go around the room. We can go around this room. We can go around any room. You're going to find racists because we are all taught that. We're taught. I was told uh, in New York by a black man that I'm a racist because I have only white dogs. So I understand. But you have dogs. That's racist. I understand. <laughs> no, um, I'm just kidding. You but retweeted dogs it. were were weaponized well, against. This is black why people. we so. exactly. But we have to unite now. Before these midterms, you tweeted there was an inside the pro-Trump effort to keep black voters from the polls. Breitbart staffer recruited Sanders activist Bruce Carter to get African-Americans to support the Republican or stay home. And you tweeted how many Bernie supporters got recruited to fluff for Trump. And if we don't get this now with what is happening with this virulent, vicious, racist in the White House... But when will we tool. ever get it? It's a tool. It's a tool, and it was a tool that was used here again to weaponize. There was, I mean, Hillary Clinton should be president. Let's, yes. Well, know, she is, like, technically. Don't like, you know, care, don't care. She was the only adult in the room, and she just, just no reason why she shouldn't be president. And, and it's not, a, like I said, about loving, because that's where people go, well, you must love her. I don't love any president. I don't give a I don't shit about know president. It's a job. That's you hire a guy or a girl. You just, I mean, you don't fall in. It's not a popularity contest. And so, 
She should be. Why is she not? Because she's a woman. Yeah. That's the only reason. Had she not been a woman, she'd be president. Yeah, absolutely. Marshall Warfield, um, I I feel like, Travis, I've controlled myself to the degree that I can for my idol worship of Marshall Warfield. I appreciate it. Our advertisers appreciate it. Because if you are a comedian of any age uh, or any person, you would understand that Marshall Warfield was uh, and is this fierce voice for uh, all of this shit before it happened before with me Tooism, with uh, the racism that's happening in America uh, all of it and you inspired uh, just a generation and you still are well and, see now I'm a rookie I'm just like yeah. two and a half three years at, out of retirement I was I didn't do stand up for over no you have to years. now now and you're so, the resistance man yeah. now it is required so, uh, of I'm, you I'm just learning I'm just now coming into uh, the confidence. Go to MarshallWarfield.com uh, and and being able to go on stage and take these topics, everything from uh, yeah. Jim Crow to being gay to no, you're not retired. Whatever, uh, no, and listen. be able to take them on. And America needs you. Get whatever. the fuck out there. Listen, <laughs> you have to understand why we all knew from the day she first hit the stage and at the comedy store we all saw her and it revered her you gotta go to marshallwarfield.com see why uh she is one of the original resistance warriors and uh i just so honored to to have you here and to uh please go support her marshallwarfield.com go see her live you will see what we're all talking about Thank you. That's that's so sweet. I mean, I'm trying sitting here wondering who the hell is she talking about? I'm talking about you. Who is? Who is she talking about? Love you, Marshall Warfield. Thank you. An honor. A pleasure. Thank you. 